Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. results for the fourth quarter and full year 2021 conference call. I would like to introduce Hugues Sima, Chief Financial Officer of Quebecor Inc. Please go ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning and welcome to this Quebecor conference call. My name is Hugues Sima, I'm the CFO and joining me to discuss our financial and operating results for the fourth quarter and full year of 2021 is Pierre-Carl Pedado, our President and CEO. Anyone unable to attend the conference call will be able to listen to a recording by telephone or webcast. Access details, as usual, are available on our website at www.quebecor.com, and the recording will be available until May the 24th. I also want to inform you, as we always do, that certain statements made on the call today may be considered forward-looking, and we would refer you to the risk factors outlined in today's press release and reports filed by the corporations with regulatory authorities. Let me now turn the floor to Pierre Cal. Merci, uh, Hugues, and uh, good morning, everyone. Um, first off, um, we're pleased to have uh, completed last December the acquisition of 294 blocks of 5G 3,500 MHz spectrum, with half of our investment in Ontario, Manitoba, Alberta, and British Columbia. As we have said before, this spectrum constitutes the base of a potential expansion of our telecom services across Canada should, of course, the still pending MVNO regulatory framework for wholesale mobile wireless services establish favorable conditions, ensuring the economic viabilities of MVNOs. We are also still eagerly awaiting the Competition Bureau ruling on the Roger Shaw transaction, another opportunity to create real, lasting competitive dynamic, bringing to Canadians the benefits of technological innovation, superior client experience, and lower prices, as we have done here in Quebec for many more than 10 years. Speaking of the competitive telecom environment in Quebec, Our financial results for the last quarter and the year 2021 reflect these comparatively more intense promotional dynamics, both in wireless and broadband, despite which we managed to generate increases of 5.5% in revenues, 1.1% in EBITDA, and 5.3% in cash flows from operation for the year, with an increase of $25 million or 7.4 in cash flows in the fourth quarter alone. In light of these results and following our plan to gradually increase dividends to represent 30 to 50% of our net free cash flows, I'm happy to report that Quebecor's Board of Directors declared yesterday 
a quarterly dividend of 30 cents per share on both Class A and Class B shares, up from 27.5 cents, a 9% increase. Turning to operational matters and starting with telecom, Didotron actively pursued its 5G deployment in the greater Montreal and Quebec City areas, providing increased speed, expanded connectivity, minimal latency, and opening of a world of opportunities for our customers. Moreover, the first phase of Operation iSpeed, our project to deliver iSpeed Internet to 37,000 households in several municipalities across the province, is proceeding well. In December, we connected our first homes in the northwest suburbs of Montreal and the residents' response has been very enthusiastic so far, pointing to a successful program for which I wish to salute not only our team, but also our partners, Quebec government and Canada government for this important initiative. Our Elix activations reach 157,000 for, for the fourth quarter representing our best performance of the year and the sixth consecutive quarter with more than 100,000 customers' additions to our Elix services. Subscribers to our Superior Elix service total over 1.2 million as December 31st, 2021. In a market characterized by ongoing cord shaving and cutting, Vidotron stands out with its ability to limit the impact on its video customer base due to its state-of-the-art platform and second-to-none client experience. Internet subscriber growth was 800,000 during the uh, 8,000, sorry, during the quarter, and 44,000 44, year over year, a performance that compares favorably to that of our large Canadian peers and competitors. Internet ARPU increased $1.33, or 2.5% over the last year. During the quarter, we launched many great features in the Enix ecosystem. Subscribers can now access Amazon Prime Video directly on Enix TV, control high-voltage thermostat by Synope, a Quebec-owned company, and control smart door locks by August directly with the Elix 5 app. On the wireless front, we posted 31,000 ads during the quarter. Despite the ongoing aggressive competition from a loading and renewal perspective, we, are able, we were able to improve our turn levels slightly for the quarter and captured, once again, the largest combined shares of gross ads in Quebec with more than 32% for our two brands, Vidotron and Fizz, according to the new ad quarterly tracking by Leger. This number one position, which had been solidly established for several quarters, clearly demonstrated the strength and complementary of our brands and certainly confirms Vidéotron as the leader in wireless services in Quebec. In addition, I am proud to highlight that Fizz, 
Tops Leger 2021 Wow Digital Index, offering the best online experience in telecommunication for the third consecutive year. Consolidated wireless ARPU for the quarter improved to 28 cents or 0.7 percent over the same quarter last year. This increase is explained in large part by roaming and data usage revenues comparing favorably to the same quarter last year. With over 460,000 subscribers across Quebec, Club Ico continued to invest in the production of local, differentiated content from various horizons with the introduction of a brand new content offer. In the fourth quarter, Club Ico, in collaboration with Quebec All Content, launched three new original films in addition to new seasons of popular series such as La Faille, Patrick Sénécal Présent, and Les Honorables. Vrai, our new video subscription platform dedicated to exclusive, unscripted lifestyle, documentary, and entertainment content, introduced more than 35 new original productions in addition to acquiring some of the best international brands for non-scripted content in French. Growing to more than 42,000 subscribers in less than five months, Vrai is a huge success and a perfect complement to Club Illico, which is dedicated to series, movies, and youth programs. Vrai is also available on Cube, Quebecor's integrated digital news and entertainment content platform, as an added value to the Vidotron customers who do not subscribe to Elite. In our immediate segment, advertising revenues continue to increase, particularly in broadcasting, up 25% in the quarter and 30% over the year. We continue to invest in a wealth of new shows, original production, and exclusive content in the fourth quarter to maintain our leadership position in the face of increased competition from offering on multiple platforms. Thanks to our high-caliber original production and major television events, TVA consolidated market share reached 38.8%, reflecting in part of a 0.5% increase for the TVE channel. In a very competitive, again, com uh, competitive environment from private competitors and our state broadcasters, Radio-Canada. Our production and audiovisual services company also performed very well, growing its revenues by 47% to 86 million and its EBITDA to 23 million for year 2021, its best performance ever. Finally, on the regulatory front, I would like to voice my concern once again about the unsustainability high burden placed on Canadian broadcasting companies. As video streaming subscriptions have now surpassed television distribution services, Canadian companies are operating in an increasingly precarious environment, a situation would lead to the weakening of the television industry and of local production. News, a vital pillar of a strong and healthy democracy will suffer unless the CRTC lightened that burden. 
it is high time that we, too, enjoy the same regulatory and commercial freedom as the foreign web giant, giants, which have been eating our lunch free of charge. I will now let uh, you review our financial results. Merci, Pierre Carl. Uh, for the fourth quarter, Quebecor's revenues were up 3% to $1.2 billion. Revenues from our telecom segment grew 1% to $953 million, mainly explained by the wireless segment combining customer growth and higher revenues from mobile devices. Revenues from our media segment grew 14% to $212 million. Quebecor's EBITDA was down 5% to $499 million for the quarter. Our telecom segment recorded an EBITDA of $467 million, a 3% decrease compared to the same quarter last year uh, as a result of some provision reversals, which uh, impacted us favorably last year, and also lower margin um, in wireline and also on mobile devices um, uh, sales, um, which also accounted on the, uh, on the top line. Um, our media segment recorded an EBITDA of $29 million, um, which was $17 million unfavorably uh, to last year, mostly due to higher broadcast content costs, in part because of the late start of the NHL's 2020 and 2021 season. Quebecor reported a net income attributable to shareholders of $161 million in the quarter, or 67 shares, uh, dollars per share compared to a net income of $160 million, or $0.64 cents per share, reported in the same quarter last year. Adjusted income from continuing operations, excluding as usual uh, unusual items and gains or losses on valuation of financial instruments, came in at $158 million, or $0.66 cents per share, compared to an adjusted income of $165 million, or $0.66 per share, in the same quarter last year. For the full year, Quebecor's revenues were up 5% to $4.6 billion, and EBITDA was up 1% to almost $2 billion. Revenues from our telecom segment grew 3% to $3.7 billion, and EBITDA increased 1% to $1.9 billion for the same period, with an overall EBITDA margin of 50.2%. Telecom CapEx spending, excluding Spectrum, was down $56 million for the quarter as compared to the previous year mainly due to timing of investments, where we refocus on our strategic priorities, tighten our processes, and operate more efficiently. For the full year, telecom CapEx spending decreased $59 million as compared to last year, while increasing investments in our LTE advanced and 5G rollout. Our cash flow from operations for the year 2021 increased by $70 million, or 5%, to $1.4 billion, once again demonstrating the resilience and strength of our business model, as well as a continued uh, operational and financial discipline. Cash flow from operations for a telecom segment also grew $70 million, or 6%, to $1.3 billion. As of, as of the end of the quarter, our net, to, net debt to EBITDA ratio was 3.19 times, up from 2.68 times reported at the end of last year, mainly explained by the acquisition of the 3,500 MHz spectrum. Available liquidity of $1.6 billion as of the end of the year and our growing cash flows uh, will continue to be more than sufficient to fulfill our commitments and, and continue to fuel our projects for growth. In 2021, 
We purchased and canceled 8.9 million Class B shares for a total investment of $282 million. Since we initiated our NCIB 11 years ago, approximately 49.6 million Class B shares have been purchased and canceled. We thank you for your attention and will now open the lines for your questions. Right. Uh, first question comes from Jérôme Dubreuil from uh, Desjardins. And, uh, thanks for. Yeah, go ahead. Oui, bonjour, Simon. Uh, thanks for for taking my question. Um, uh, we've seen this morning the dividend being increased nine percent. There were significant buybacks uh, in the quarter as well. Uh, nothing too dissimilar to trends we have been seeing before, but still, I, I have to ask um, if we should read anything in terms of, of a signal regarding your, your willingness to expand uh, outside uh, of Quebec. Uh, has this changed uh, at all since uh, our last call in November? Yes, uh, bonjour, uh, Jérôme. Um, well, you know, I guess that, you know, um, we uh, were uh, quite clear regarding where we were considering um, a um, more normal situation in terms of payout. Uh, this had been mentioned, you know, a few quarters ago. Uh, we do not expect, you know, changing our policy. Um, so basically, you know, this is why, you know, we've been uh, the board of directors decided that, you know, we should we should continue to increase. Probably, you know, the increase is a little bit lower than some of you would, would expect it, uh, but, you know, uh, it's in line with uh, the, the policy that we established uh, previously. Uh, for the, um, uh, the out of Quebec or rest of Canada, this depends, you know, how you want to call it, uh, expansion. Again, you know, I, I would like to refer, you know, to my introduction and my, my um, basically saying that, you know, we're expecting, you know, to know at this stage, unfortunately, you know, we're, we're clearly, you know, in the dark. Uh, but we expect, you know, the CRTC to come with the, the proper framework to make sure that it will, it will make sense uh, with, uh, I guess, the overall policy, you know, to improve competition uh, in Canada. Um, there's no doubt that the proof has been made in, in Quebec for the last few years, well, it, it's more than a few years now, it's been a while now. Uh, so, should, we should think to me that, you know, it's loud and clear that the fourth competitor uh, would, would be, you know, the best uh, vehicle to make sure that Canadians will enjoy a more competitive landscape. Okay, thanks. That's uh, that's pretty clear. And then a second one, uh, if I may, I was uh, recently looking at uh, at uh, public pricing uh, on the websites, and it appears that uh, the gap between the pricing of Videotron and that of others has somewhat closed uh, recently. Uh, wondering if that means um, you are starting to get more comfortable with the current market share. And if we should expect the company to enter uh, a new phase in terms of its uh, wireless strategy? Well, you know what, as you know, I guess that, you know, we should say it's a very volatile uh, environment. I got in front of me, um, you know, an excerpt from two newspapers, today's newspapers. One is from uh, the Toronto Star, 
And the second one is from the Montreal Gazette. So in the Toronto Star, just put on Toronto Star, page A7, so we have an ad from Bell, uh, which is Pure 5, the faster than internet technology, starting from $84.95 per month. This is more, this, this morning in the Toronto Star. I look at the Montreal Gazette, and I got an ad from Bell, Quebec fastest ranked internet, starting from $59.95. So you can see, you know, the difference is about uh, what? $25. $25. And just beside the Bell ad, we got a Virgin ad, which shows you know, unlimited internet for a sweet price of $39 per month. So it shows how, you know, the ecosystem is competitive in Quebec, um, and how also, you know, the, the sub-brands in the internet have been certainly adding an effect uh, overall, and probably also on the internet margins that we're able to, to deliver. So will this you know, competitive environment will remain? Um, this, obviously, we, we don't know, but we will certainly continue to offer what we consider being the best customer service with the best product. This had been you know, the six successful recipe for Duotal for the last uh, over 15 years. And I guess that right now, there's not real reason to change our positioning and marketing strategy. All right. Uh, next question comes from uh, Tim Casey from BMO. Please um, go ahead, Tim. Yeah, a couple for. A couple for me, please. Thanks. Um, uh, Hugh, could you talk a little bit about uh, maybe just sort of walk us through the EBITDA um, performance in the fourth quarter? It was certainly below consensus, and you mentioned a couple items, but could you could maybe walk us through, um, you know, w what led to that and, and what the outlook going forward is, particularly on the telecom line? Um, and I was wondering, I know you don't give guidance, but could you provide some sort of color on what your expectations would be for CapEx, cash taxes, and cash interest in, um, in 2022? And then finally, for Pierre Carl, you know, the, the discussion of relative pricing, you know, for wireline in a couple of markets, you know, there's a number of products that are um, – Price differently across the country. I, I'm just still struggling with what what is the game plan for expansion outside of Quebec on the wireless side. Um, you know, and it's we've debated this since the deal was announced. But I'm just wondering how is your thinking evolving there? Because you know the market is clearly struggling with what the um, the the end game is for Quebec or thanks. Okay, uh, Tim, I'll start with your first question on EBITDA. So the, the story of the quarter basically on EBITDA um, is a couple of things. 
starting in margin, you will have um, you will I'm sure have seen um, the wireline margin, um, both broadband and cable. And broadband, um, it's more of a matter of the margin. If you you know if you look at it in in, in detail, of, of not really growing as much as we we have grown accustomed on the broadband. And most of the, uh, the, the main reason for that, and it, it's hitting us um, increasingly, and it had been hitting us increasingly over the past few quarters, and I think it's coming out uh, even more clearly in Q4. Uh, and the first reason for that is the increasing uh, proportion of the growth in, in uh, broadband uh, being attributable to FIS. You know, FIS, uh, we, you know, we, we, we've, we, we talk at length of FIS and our success in uh, in wireless, but FIS is a, is a huge success as well uh, in, in broadband. Yeah, I'll just, you know, just mention to you all these, you know, all these prices, you know. I mean, the market um, seems to be very, very different, obviously, in English Canada than it is in Quebec. But, you know, what we're living in Quebec is, is very clear. I mean, people are, are, are pricing down, you know, and where we're seeing growth, where we're, we're really uh, successful is with FIS. Um, and um, I suspect that this is something that's going to continue. Um, you know, we, we, we don't see any, uh, uh, we certainly don't see any reason for this to suddenly turn around. And, um, you know, we see, so our growth being increasingly uh, due to FIS as opposed, at a lower price point, obviously, as opposed to, to Videotron, then of course, uh, you know the RPU for you know the the broadband RPU for the for the quarter is is mostly flat uh, compared to um, you know uh, growth that we had seen for uh, you know uh, a few quarters ago and that was increasingly uh, you know disappearing. Um, uh, don't forget as well that we are comparing ourselves with a, you know a quarter in 2020 that was very um, how would I call it stable you know. Uh, much fewer disconnect. You know, if you look at if you look at it, I mean, we we are comparing ourselves uh, with uh, you know this year uh, in terms of growth in, in broadband. We're comparing um, you know 44,000 right for the year. We're comparing ourselves with last year was 69,000, but in 2019 it was 23,000. So let's not forget that 2020, both the year and the fourth quarter, were also uh, a little bit unusual uh, comparables, right? Uh, turning to cable, I, I mean, uh, you know, cable is, is, I mean, there's nothing new in, in, in cable TV, you know. Um, cord cutting and cord shaving is, is clearly continuing. But I, I think you have to look at our performance. If you look at other cable codes uh, in Canada, uh, whether it's Kajiko or Shaw's performance, and if you look at the U.S. as well, cable codes, you'll see that, um, you know, that we're managing the situation uh, comparatively well. Um, but I, I think it, all of that to say that the, the, the first story, I think, or the first explanation um, in, uh, in profitability for us in the quarter has to do with margin, uh, wireline margin. Now, of course, in terms of OPEX, uh, there's a, you know, we, 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 we are, uh, we, we, we have put in place many cost reduction initiatives, and they are ongoing. But I think we have to realize that we're in that, um, what I would call sort of that in-between phase, where we've added, you know, to be to be honest, for the past couple of years, you know, we've added platforms, we've added networks, um, and we are transitioning. We are migrating a lot of our customers, a lot of our subscribers, 
from, from one platform, whether it's Helix, whether it's, I mean, there are a number of initiatives on the go, and we're in that sort of in-between, Tim, that, that in-between phase where we've added a lot of, you know, a lot of cost structure, and we haven't yet, well, we, we've, we've, we've taken some out, of course, uh, but not as, as much as, as we would have liked, and, and per, perhaps it's not going as quickly as we would have liked, we'll own up to that. But, but the fact is that we're not done yet, and we're still in the midst of that, of that transition and that migration. That is, in terms of maintenance costs, in terms of support costs, in terms of licenses, in terms of people, you know, um, is, is really costing us um, uh, quite a bit. Um, so, uh, you know, this is what I would really point out in terms of, um, in terms of even the story for, uh, for the quarter. Uh, in terms of CapEx, I think you asked me about CapEx. Um, you know, CapEx, I think it's important. It's, 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 um, it's continuing to come down, uh, continuing the same trend as the, the previous quarters. Um, a couple of things. I mean, of course, you know that on equipment, you know, the, 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 that transition that I talked about, so certainly the Helix migration, you'll remember that, you know, we moved from a, a more CapEx-intensive um, to a more OpEx intensive model. So certainly some of that, some of that CapEx uh, decrease is naturally just linked to equipment. Another big one is self-install, uh, where our, we continue to increase our performance in self-install um, and have been able to really lower our installation CapEx significantly, are increasing. Um, um, and, and we're up to um, we're up to 63% of, of self-installed. So that's I mean that's um, you know we're very very proud of that uh, performance, and it's finally um, you know leading to the results that uh, uh, that we had been expecting. I mean there, there, there's still ways to go, of course, and on the digitalization of our of our client uh, journey and all of that. I mean we're, we're still you know as I said uh, quite a few initiatives still on the go, but um, the self-install is is certainly a, a great success. That's um, that's certainly helping on the CapEx side. Uh, more generally, though, I have to be, uh, you know, we, we've talked about this in the past and I'll repeat it. You know, more discipline in terms of number of projects, the scope of CapEx projects, that, uh, and, and the prioritization. As I'm sure you know, you know, companies like Videotron and, and, and other tele, uh, uh, telecoms, um, you know, we have a lot of growth-related, a lot of uh, strategic projects that get uh, underway, that get analyzed, that, um, that focus, uh, you know, the time of a lot of people and, and, and cost quite a bit. And, um, and I, I think we were, uh, were gradually um, being a lot more disciplined about this, as I said, in terms of number of projects that are, you know, that are started, that are the scope of these projects, and, and, and a more efficient prioritization of these projects, leading to, you know, uh, us being able to focus more on the growth and the, 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 the projects that are linked to growth or impact on margin uh, that, uh, that we, you know, that, that we uh, hope to continue to uh, uh, over the year in 2020 to deliver. Um, you know, as I said, you know, it's, uh, certainly I think the, our, our, cap, our, our lower CapEx should not be in any way interpreted in the way that we're not focusing on on, on, on these growth and, and, and uh, margin-related projects. I mean, LTE Advance and 5G, as I said in my speech, is, is certainly one of the big ones that we, that, that we are maintaining and in many ways uh, uh, increasing. So um, I think that covers, I think you, in terms of guidance, well, um, you know, in terms of CapEx, um, 
I think our, our, our guidance at this point would be more of a, of, of a stability on the CapEx front. For all the reasons I've just mentioned, Tim, um, you know, the, whether it's the equipment, uh, whether it's our performance, whether it's our discipline, uh, we believe we're in a situation to be, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're managing the situation better, and I think we, we can look at stable CapEx for 2022. Um, you know, I won't give you more, uh, any more guidance on, on EBITDA, of course, other than um, I think you've asked about um, there's nothing, I, I don't think there's any change that you should take in your model in terms of cash taxes and, um, and other cash flow related uh, items. Um, I think, um, again, I'd point to stability on those fronts. Does that answer your question? Thank you. Yeah, we'll continue. Uh, on top of uh, for your the, 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 the last piece or the, yep. of your um, of your question, Tim. Um, well, first of all, you know I'd like you also to reemphasize what the, you said on the on the capex. I think it's worth uh, to mention um, this discipline is certainly not to the detriment of our 5G deployment, our LTE advance also. Um, so we will continue to uh, make sure that our network, as you know, our and this is was part of our strategy and industrial slash marketing strategy for the last decades and more that our product was one of the best, if not the best, in the marketplace. You know, we intend to do the same in, in the wireless business. You know that uh, you know we uh, uh, were uh, we were looking to uh, because I think it's the best. Thing to do uh, regarding uh, the the Canadian landscape, so we were expecting to build our network together with Rogers. Uh, for whatever reason, which, as you know, we we claim right now, um, former leadership, I would say, decided that uh, it's not the way to go. We expect that the new leadership uh, will review this position because, again. We still think that it's the best way to go, but uh, no matter what is the case, we will continue to make sure that our network will, will meet uh, customers' expectation and uh, technology requirement to serve them. On the, uh, the out-of-Quebec or rest of Canada strategy, uh, Tim, uh, I should emphasize the fact that uh, you know we got everything. Uh, first of all, this is why we participate, you know, we participated in the uh, in the auction a few year, few months ago, uh, so we have you know the base of our future uh, development um, because we bought spectrum in the markets where we expect or we think that would be interesting um, growth to, to take place. Is it necessary to mention that you know we have all the other assets uh, as an operating company, so all the expertise, uh, all the billing systems, all what is you know needed uh, to be a, a telecom wireless company is under uh, a long time experience and success of a telecom operator. The missing piece is the regulatory framework. We look forward to get the price. Obviously, everything will will depend on the price that we will need to pay for this transition from NDNO situation to 
a full facility operator. As you know, and this is different than the TPIE framework, we need to build our network. So I'm not saying that, you know, we have free lunch for the first year, but we have certainly a favorable environment if the price was to be right. And again, it will depend of how strong is the desire of the you know, state regulatory bodies to make sure that Canadians will enjoy competition. But we only have a button to push if we look to move forward in the wireless business for certain other regions in Canada. And we look forward for the CRTC to try to hurry up uh, this exercise, which is, as you can imagine, being slowed down by, by the incumbents that do not want to see competition. Thank you. All right, uh, next question comes from David McFadgen from Cormark, uh, Cormark Securities. Please go ahead. Hi, yeah, a couple of questions, if I may. Um, so just looking at the telecom business, you know, you talked about margins being down on wireline, I guess, due to the success of his internet. Um, but I was just trying to, you know, as always, segregate between wireless and wireline. So it would appear to me that wireless is probably flat on a year-over-year, the wireless EBITDA is probably flat-ish on a year-over-year -year basis in the quarter. Is that is that a good way to look at it? Uh, the wireless EBITDA, David, you're referring to? No, the yeah. wireless EBITDA is is growing. You know, we we don't we don't separate it, as you know. But uh, no, no, that it's 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 definitely it's definitely grown. It's definitely grown. Okay. Would it, would it, would oh it yeah. Grow, would the growth have been double digit year over year? Uh, we're uh, yeah, we're very close to double digit. Uh, yeah, we're in that range. Okay. Okay. On wireless EBITDA. Yeah, which yeah, which, which 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 leads obviously the math being the math <laughs> to what I said earlier that uh, you know pressure on on wireline uh, for yeah. all the reasons I talked about. But I, I think you know our performance is uh, honestly, David, is uh, is more challenging in wireline than it has been for uh, for for some months now. Uh, whereas I, you know I, I think wireless our, our our growth is pretty good and uh, you know our pew. Uh, RPU is, uh, as you know, has grown a little bit this this you know this quarter, despite what um, you know the fact that same as my argument that that you know that went for broadband also goes for um, for wireless of course that um, most of our growth a good chunk of our growth in wireless comes from Fizz as opposed to Videotron at lower price points so there's a natural erosion as we have lived through in. Uh, for many quarters on the RPU, and now this quarter we're seeing a little bit of an increase uh, in, in, in RPU. I mean, AbPU is a bit of a, uh, a different beast, as you know. Um, you know, with, with, in our case, with, with less of our growth um, coming from, you know, equipment-related packages, so maybe I'll say it differently, more of our growth coming from, BY, with, with B, from BYOD, obviously there's that impact on AbPU. 
but um, you know, as um, we, we we don't really think in our business that's, that that AdPU is the right way to look at it because we 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 love BYOD. You know, we our margins are really really good, and it keeps us out of that subsidy game. Um, um, you know, that as you know is is can be quite expensive. Um, although there's there there still are quite a, a few subsidies in this quarter, as as you saw yourself. So we're not completely out of that game, but. Uh, but um, BYOD has certainly helped us. Okay. Because um, when you look at the supplemental, it just discloses mobile abpu. So um, yeah, it would be yeah, we're yeah, we're gonna. That's um, you know, we're we're we were talking about this. I I think we're gonna do like some of our competitors and and uh, go more towards the the, the uh, you know go back I guess to the RPU. Um, um, uh, discussion that that we used to have in the past, which I personally feel is 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 a bit more uh, telling uh, in our business. Mm -hmm. So I, I know you I know you don't like to provide guidance, but would the fourth quarter wireline results be sort of a new trend that we should expect uh, into 2022 and beyond? Just like with just with the margin being down a little bit. Uh, well, it's an ongoing, you know, David. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, blow uh, smoke up uh, whatever part of you you'd like. But you know, I mean, the, the market's not gonna change overnight. You know, it's a tough market. Uh, you know, I can't talk about this. This is a very competitive market. It's a price, a lot of pressure on price uh, in wireline. Well, in, in wireless, yes, but that that had been ongoing for for some time. Um, and you know um, that seems to be quite different from the market um, in in the rest of Canada, but um, you know uh, we don't think we're going to be the last country uh, in the world um, when you look at what's happened in the U.S. and in Europe and all the other countries. So you know it's 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 not unexpected. I think it's going to continue to be to be quite uh, uh, quite competitive. You know our main competitor in, uh, in in broadband is continuing to be very aggressive. Um, so yeah, I, I would more point out towards uh, uh, a, a continuing uh, uh, environment. Uh, that being said, you know I pointed out to a lot of cost initiatives that we're still uh, working on, and as I owned up, you know maybe we haven't delivered as quickly as as, as we would have liked, uh, but we will get out of that of that sort of in between stage that I talked about earlier with Tim. And um, you know, I, I think there still is uh, there still is quite a bit of runway on the uh, you know on the margin and the EBITDA growth front. Okay, um, so maybe, maybe you know a question from Pierre Carl. I mean, can you give us an update? I don't know if you can, um, but can you give us an update on your discussions with the Competition Bureau regarding the Roger Shaw transaction and? Maybe I don't know if you can, but if you could share us, with us sort of the outcome that they would like to see. Well, David, not really. I would say you know uh, uh, we we are obviously you know answering questions from the competition bureau. I guess you know they are looking you know, to have as much of the information as possible, and they certainly consider that you know we would be a good stakeholder uh, to quote-unquote, educate them on, you know, the, the, the market uh, wherewithal. Uh, so, um, but it's certainly, you know, uh, tough to find out. You know, we're not going to try to read in, in tea leaves. I don't know if I can say that. Uh, but I guess that, you know, the, the landscape had been, 
you know, quite, uh, quite clear that the Ford competitor uh, is uh, certainly something uh, that um, shows uh, competition brings uh, some significant advantages to customers. Uh, is this philosophy will remain also in terms of, of competition? There's always, you know, a few, few different perspectives, you know, to interpret, uh, interpret, for interpretation of the law. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, and I guess that the conditions are, are certainly, you know, very strong for this uh, part of the transaction uh, significantly reviewed by uh, by the by the bureau. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Thank you. Hey, All right. And the last uh, question we currently have in the queue comes from Drew McReynolds from RBC. Please go ahead. Yeah. Uh, please go ahead, Drew. Much. Yeah. Thanks very much. Good morning. Um, a couple of follow-ups here. Uh, in terms of uh, fiber to the home expansion in your cable footprint, um, you know, obviously Bell's done, uh, you know, key chunks of, of urban markets over the years. Um, it, it, has there been any incremental impact of um, that uh, expansion from a competitive standpoint? And then uh, you just with respect to uh, provision reversals, you know, we're, we're kind of, comping off uh, some choppiness here as we kind of look out uh, quarter by quarter. Um, you know, should, should there be additional kind of provision reversals uh, going forward? Just, you know, provide an update uh, there. It'd be helpful. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll answer your second question first, um, uh, Drew. Um, then no, then you shouldn't get uh, you shouldn't get bogged down in provision reversal. You know, year ends are always you know whether it's bonuses or uh, readjustments after you know as we're coming out of the pandemic for uh, bad debt adjustments and things like that. But there, it's not you know it's not it's, it really should not. I mean that's not the story, and uh, I'm not going to hide behind any of this. And um, and and there shouldn't be. I mean there's, uh, there's nothing ahead of us that uh, or that's holding that that's holding ahead of our. Uh, you know, on top of our head or anything like that. So I, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't put uh, uh, much focus on that. Um, in terms of FTTH, um, yeah, Bell has, you know, uh, as you know, has continued very aggressively its, its FTTH deployment. Uh, but um, you know, we, as, as we've said in the past many times, you know, we uh, we believe we have the you know the um, the flexibility due to uh, to, um, uh, to to our technology um, to be able to um, you know go to the node uh, as opposed to to the home in many cases and 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 deliver very you know uh, uh, not only very similar but but, but comparable uh, performance uh, you know as opposed to having to go all the way to the home uh, because of coax. Um, that being said, we do, in a lot of our extensions, uh, we do go all the way to the home when it economically makes sense for us, um, and, and we have done so in, in, in many cases. Um, so, I mean, there's some obviously higher costs, uh, you know, uh, related to the to, to going FTTH, and Bell has certainly 
uh, played very well that that game over the past few years. But we, um, you know, we believe we've been uh, uh, we've been a little bit more. Um, uh, um, how would I say, um, not surgical, but a little bit, uh, you know, having the opportunity of, of, um, of, of being a little more, uh, uh, you know, intelligent and, and economically uh, prudent in our deployment. And, um, and that's, um, you know, that's been, uh, that's been positive for us while still, con you know, con continuing to deliver the same performance uh, in these new, uh, in these neighborhoods and in, uh, in these nodes. So our understanding, uh, Drew, is that you know the the FTTH footprint of Bell is basically you know cover all our footprint. So uh, yeah. uh, is there you know quote unquote a threat that we should expect uh, on deployment of you know new technology? Uh, we don't see it. Uh, and uh, as uh, you said, um, you know FTTH deployment was very expensive. Are about to do so. We do not know what is the impact of Bell in Quebec. As you know, there is no breakdown between Ontario and Quebec. Uh, so when we compare, we know that they're losing significant amount of customers regarding you know, their satellite service. Uh, but we do not really know, you know, where the small increase of um, fiber subscribers are, are located. From our standpoint, uh, as also what the youth says, and this is a North American situation, you know, cable subscription out of th this phenomenon, which is whatever, is shaving or cutting or never, never, you know, the, no, the court never, significant. We all know, you know, uh, some, a young boy or a young lady, you know, of 18 to 20, well, certainly, well, there's, there's a high probability that uh, getting out of home uh, will not subscribe to cable. Uh, obviously, they will subscribe to, to wireless, and, you know, we are there to offer uh, all sorts of uh, good products, whatever it's video ton brand or fizz, a digital or a conventional uh, through, uh, you know, call centers, uh, service, and products. We're, we're all doing this. But something, again, that's unknown to us is the performance of Bell in Quebec. I guess that if they don't want, if they are not breaking down the numbers, is that basically probably because they do not have good numbers in Quebec. Yeah, okay. So, um, th thank you, Pierre-Carl. Just, just two very quick follow-ups, if I can. Um, on, on wireless ARPU, as we kind of look at Q4, but probably more importantly, 2022, just remind us where we are in terms of kind of where, where roaming levels sit and, you know, kind of if there was any impacts in the quarter or Q1 of this year in terms of yeah. uh, renewed restrictions in Quebec. And then my second follow-up, just in terms of the government programs and the footprint expansion, what, when do you expect to, to begin kind of loading, I, I think you alluded to a little bit of loading in Q4, but should this be a steady kind of ramp of, uh, of footprint penetration as you go through 2022? Uh, Drew, so on the uh, on the ARPU, uh, yeah, usage. I think your question, if I understood it correctly, was more specifically related to usage revenues, right? That's right. Yeah. So uh, you know what. What what went on the way down is certainly the, the same on the way up. I, you know, you'll remember that we had made the the comment that uh, 
you know, compared to some of our competitors and, and, and larger peers and competitors, uh, we did not decrease as materially as they did uh, in terms of usage revenues. So now we're obviously not benefiting from that same uh, swing back up. Um, so, you know, it, 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 it really wasn't material for us, and so I, I can't really uh, argue that it is that, that it's going to continue to be. So I, I, I don't think that's going to play uh, much, uh, you know, much uh, or have much impact on the, uh, on the, on the RPU going forward. I, I think it's, uh, uh, you know, in, um, in, in our case, it is continuing to grow RPU on all of our platforms. And as I said, I mean, Fizz, um, we, we had a, a very, I won't give you the number, but we are continuing and it's continued to increase. And the, the, the increase in RPU is actually increasing. <laughs> um, so that's good news. And uh, so we'll have a little bit less of that, um, of that impact that, uh, that we keep uh, talking about on the overall, uh, on the overall, overall RPU going forward. Those would be my, my comments on that. Uh, in terms of the, uh, the, um, uh, the the uh, the government programs the, the 37,000 uh, doors or or addresses that we will deliver uh, we uh, yeah we've delivered some but but very few to be honest and these will come in uh, on stream uh, more gradually uh, over the next uh, you know six nine months I mean you know by the end of September is what we expect that we we, we will have delivered all 37,000. Okay, and, and you want to promise my last one. Uh, just back to the ARPU, uh, the, the roaming impacts for, for you, um, just remind us kind of where we are on the roaming side. I know it's not, not a big revenue stream, but. Um, I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't hear your question, I'm sorry. Yeah, just uh, like international roaming, um, any roaming revenue that uh, you get on wireless. International roaming. We get oh, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I, I, for some reason I couldn't, I couldn't hear you very well. No, I mean, there, there's, yeah, I mean, it's some international roaming is back, but, but as I said, I mean, it's not, it, it wasn't, uh, it's not a huge percentage of our, uh, of our RPU, um, you know, and uh, much lower than, than our competitors, and um, so some of it is back, yeah, and I, you know, certainly in, in, in Q4 that's helped us a bit, and there, there, there's some of it in the, in the, you know, in the 28 cents there, uh, but, um, but again, it's not, it, it's not the main factor. Super, thank you. As a joke, I would say, you know, Drew, that there was a lot of Quebecers that went in Florida during Christmas time, and they all caught COVID. <laughs> <laughs> So they stay probably longer. So this is why you know roaming revenues went up a little bit. <laughs> Thank you. Now don't go against everything I've been saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Drew. Uh, All right, uh, we we just have one uh, last question. Um, it's uh, Jeff Fan from uh, Scotia Bank. Please go ahead, Jeff. Uh, Jeff, please go ahead. Thank you very much. Um, most of the questions have been answered, but I do want to clarify on a couple of things. And first is on the cost and the margins um, for your wireline business. Um, you, you mentioned uh, FIS ARPU or FIS um, having an impact. Um, I'm interpreting that to be um, cannibalization, meaning like you're adding FIS subscribers 
at a lower ARPU, and perhaps some of these are coming from Videotron stepping down. Um, is, am I correct in interpreting that? Is that happening in your base? Um, didn't seem to be an is as much of an issue in the past. So I'm just wondering if you can elaborate if that's a cause. Um, well, I, I, I mean, there's some cannibalization, Jeff. I'm not going to tell you that there, there's none, but that's not the main factor. Yeah, there is, you know, as, as we're growing FIS uh, um, uh, more uh, faster, uh, yeah, FIS is taking some from, from Videotron for sure, but I think it's been taking a lot, and we're talking wireline, right? We're talking broadband now, yeah. so it's been taking yeah. a lot from the TPIAs. I mean, let's be honest. And it's been, uh, it's been taking uh, some from, uh, from some of the other sub-brands, you know? Um, so that's where it's performing most. I mean, but there, there is some cannibal, cannibalization, but as you said yourself, it, it's, um, uh, you know, it, it's, it's no more material today than it was in, uh, in the previous quarter. It's just my, my comment was more just mathematically because most of our growth in broadband in the quarter uh, was, was, uh, was a result of, of FIS new ads as opposed to Videotron at, at a lower price point. That that um, that that uh, put pressure on our on our numbers. Do you have efforts in place to try to up up tier your service and focus more on the Videotron brand to to turn that ARPU trend around? Well, yeah. I mean, we're as you know, Jeff. It's it's not. I mean, we've we've all you know, we're positioning our two brands very differently, and we are focusing on different segments of the market. And different, uh, you know, different uh, geographies and, uh, and demographics, of course. With Videotron being on the, you know, performing better on the on the higher end and uh, or the higher price points, and, and FIS on the lower price points. Uh, but you know, to what I to what I think both Jacqueline and I have pointed out uh, a number of times. I mean, the market is it's a competitive and it's a price sensitive market that we are living in. And um, in, in broadband, it is increasingly um, favoring, um, you know, performance by FIS uh, because that's where to, to, that's where we're positioning it, and we're we're more aggressive to to do exactly what you pointed out at the beginning. You know, to lower as much as we can that that cannibalization uh, between Videotron and 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 FIS. You know. Um, I would say Tim, that you know we uh, certainly not not invent you know uh, sub brand. You've been seeing sub brand uh, low cost uh, in the telecom business everywhere in the world, and I guess in other industries also. So that was a certainly you know a missing part of our offering, and this is why you know we launched it a few years ago. Uh, we were expecting you know a certain amount of kind of kind of for sure. What we can say right now is that you know this portion is certainly much smaller than what we are getting out of the entire market. Uh, on the premium side, on the total, we've been playing you know uh, the quadruple play uh, uh, for for a long time. As I guess that what Shaw has been doing in the West uh, when they were in a competitive landscape. Uh, so again, you know, as what you said. Is a different market being addressed differently, where you know, the, the the FIS brand uh, going in the sub brands market, and there's few of them. Uh, there's you know Fido, uh, not not on the wireland side, but there's certainly Virgin and many others TPIAs where 
the other sub-brands in the wireless are also numerous. Right. Um, and then sticking to sticking to costs, um, Elix migration um, seems like a big number this quarter and a big number for 21. Um, that must have been a big contributor, if I interpret your comments, to the cost because of the platform costs that you have to pay Comcast for that service. Um, I'm also interpreting that that you know those migrations are not necessarily coming with incremental revenue. It's, it's, it's had that big an impact on margins. Um, am I am I reading that correctly? Uh, yes, yes, you are. But um, yeah, you are. Just before I answer that, though, I just want to make sure that on your previous question, I, because you know, margin. One thing I didn't say is that the, the FIS margin keeps increasing, right? So uh, of course, there's there's some cannibalization, and of course, we're not going to. You know, we, we have 50% of the, you know, the broadband market or thereabouts, you know, so of course there'll be some cannibalization on Videotron. But, but, but margin, as FIS, uh, you know, takes, its, its, um, it takes a, a higher proportion of growth, uh, its margin keeps increasing. So just, uh, just so that, you know, that, that's very clear. Now, m moving on to the migration, the Helix migration that you're, that you're pointing out, uh, that's exactly what I was saying when I talked about platform and I talked about cost. Uh, it, it is a net, you know, I, I think it's important to understand it, it is a somewhat expensive um, uh, migration for us, especially while that migration is, is ongoing and before we can take out uh, entirely, uh, you know, the cost base that, um, uh, that is linked with our more legacy systems and our, our legacy platforms. Um, in terms of RPU, um, you know, Fizz is a different. It's it's a it's a it's a it's a premium product. I mean, it's it's got more functionalities. Maybe I'll put it that way. Uh, so in 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 many ways, uh, can uh, point to higher RQ. Uh, but but you know, at the end of the day, we're living in a in a competitive market. You know, uh, where our main competitor is uh, is is in many areas. Um, you know, reducing prices and offering its uh, its platform at um, at lower prices. So we have to, you know, we have to respond and we have to play the game. You know, um, so and and I believe we've been, you know, in terms of growth, in terms of net ads, I think we've been playing it uh, rather well, um, while keeping, you know, while keeping an eye on that uh, on, on on that margin that I talked about. So. I mean, it's um, you know, it's a bit of a balancing act, and um, you know, uh, we'll continue uh, we'll continue to uh, uh, to balance these two things going forward. Thank you. And then just uh, to follow up on with Pierre Carl too, just two quick ones to finish off. Um, it sounds to me, Pierre Carl, that you are now more focused on the MVNO path to expanding outside of. Quebec for wireless as opposed to acquiring freedom assets to expand. Am I am I reading that correctly? Uh, meaning that if you if you are not successful in, in acquiring freedom, that the MBNO is the path to go. Uh, I would say uh, not really, um, uh, Tim uh, Jeff. Yes. Uh, uh, I guess that you know there are two fronts there. Um, one, you know, we spoke about uh, earlier regarding, you know, the, the competition bureau. Uh, so, uh, you know, we're we're going to wait until the the end of this process, which is facing another process uh, with the CITC. 
Um, so I guess both work uh, in the same direction where you know, I guess Canadian needs competition. In one side, we have uh, the, the assets, you know, to start, uh, and you know, again, depending, you know, what will be the tariff that we will face, we have a good idea about tariffs. You know, what we know what uh, uh, tariffs are in the U.S. Uh, we have uh, also intelligence elsewhere in Europe because you know, MBNO is, is not, you know, something that started yesterday. It's been there for, for a very long time, everywhere. Uh, so uh, we hope that uh, the CRTC will will listen, you know, to our representations because this intelligence is is shared with them. Uh, so making sure that you know, if again they really believe that they're looking for competition, and this is probably why they decided that they will go with the, this decision. Uh, last July, and therefore, you know, let's make sure that all those conditions uh, will be there. So, you know, overall, I would say it's a win-win situation. Both, both perspectives are, are favorable to Quebecor. Great, thank you. All right, uh, that was the last question we currently had in the queue. Okay, thank you very much uh, to all, and uh, let's uh, talk together at uh, our next quarter meeting. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes Quebecor Inc.'s financial results for the fourth quarter and full year 2021 conference call. Thank you for your participation and have a nice day. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.